Blog Talk Radio. NFL Draft. The San Francisco 49ers select. Touchdown, Clemson. Mike Williams bringing it down. Say hello to Patrick Mahomes, who, as we told you, leads the FBS. Pass on the slant to Corey Davis. There goes the future first-round pick for a score. Okay, um, our producer, on-air talent, uh, everything, Dina Howard, um, she's everything to the show, uh, she <laughs> she goes at it at people, and someone that I've never really introduced, but now we can officially say who Jeff is, so I would like to, one of my best friends, and my co-host, uh, Mr. Jeff Herrick. Jeff, how you doing, brother? <laughs> Jeff, you there? <laughs> okay, we, we might have a little problem with Jeff's. Okay, well, we're going to do a little breaking news here, guys. And today we had a trade. San Francisco 49ers have acquired offensive center Jeremy Zuda from the Baltimore Ravens. In return, uh, we gave up our a uh, hundred and or we gave up our 186 pick and we gave um, Baltimore 198 so we basically swap and Jeremy Zuda is a Pro Bowl center um, once again I tweeted this out today tell you right now guys uh, <laughs> these guys better watch out man you know uh, Daniel Kilgore you are on notice officially so uh you better be ready. You better be ready. So, um, so yeah, guys, we have an exciting show today. Um, we have someone that uh, that we really um, think is the number one website out there, and that's Draft Tech. We have your 49er guy, Brett Clancy, coming on in a couple minutes here. 
Um, he's the one that does all the 49ers stuff for Draft Tech. And this is real exciting because we get to talk about, um, you know, who he's put up at that number two spot, why. Um, right now he is Jamal Adams, uh, safety from LSU. And uh, Mr. Jeff will be doing that interview. Uh, Jeff, we got you? Hello. Can you hear me now? Ah, there you are. There you are. Ah, there we go. There you are. Beautiful. I'm beautiful. having technical problems today. Technical problems. That's not good. Uh, this computer's oh, acting up on you. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. I'd like to thank everybody. Um, we had one of our largest shows last week. Um, and uh, I'd like for everyone, uh, thank you for listening. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, check us out on uh, at Niners Radio on Twitter. Um, go to www.ninersradio.com. We have all the shows up there. If you want to listen to past shows, like the Heath Evans, uh, <laughs> Jamie Winborns, I mean, you, you name it this year, go back and listen to them. They're great shows. Um, you know, and, and, you know, definitely check that out. Um, Jeff, I'll get your, uh, get your take on uh, Jeremy Zuda. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Oh, excellent move. I mean, he's a, he was a pro bowler last year. And, I mean, and honestly, just to go back, what was it, 13 to 16 spots in the, what, sixth yeah. round? What a yeah. steal and a move right? from – uh, John Lynch, I mean, you hear that maybe the Baltimore Ravens were going to cut him. But you know what? If he's a pro ball center, I would jump on that trade in a heartbeat. That way you don't lose him in the waiver wire. I mean, that was a oh, phenomenal move. I mean, it really cost us, what, nothing. What's 13 nothing. picks in the sixth round? Yeah, nothing. It, it, it's <laughs> not much of anything. No. So, mm-hmm. not at all. It was a great move. Um, absolutely awesome. Absolutely. 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 Um, and uh, we go. It's, it's unfortunately not for us. Uh, Jonathan Hankins went to go visit the Chicago Bears today. So we'll see if he leaves with a contract or not. Um, obviously, I like Hankins over Dan, Dan Terry Poe. Um, Dan Terry Poe has back problems. You know, even if, even if it's for a one-year deal, I think Jonathan Hankins would bring a little bit more to the table. Um, no, he is looking for a big big day contract, but same time we're at seventy-eight million still. Um, if the Forty Niners like him, and uh, you know, I've been told by multiple sources that that could happen. So. Um, so at this point, you know, we're just kind of hoping for the best with, with that situation. And, uh, you know, I, I tell you, you know, I, I'm going through Twitter today at lunch, and, you know, John Lynch is praising this whole thing about Zuda. Um, love, love that he could bring in someone like his caliber. Uh, Baltimore was more of a salary dump than anything. You know, I think he was making like $5.1 million for the Baltimore Ravens. And... uh they decided to let him go. Um, the 49ers called him, said, whoa, 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 before you let him go, can we offer you something? And uh, that's what they did. So they switched six-round picks. 
said, here you go. And uh, we have a Pro Bowl center. You know, if you're Daniel Kilgore, you have to think, I better, sell he- I better stay healthy and get my butt in there and get, get in gear. Because, uh, yeah, your job's on the line, buddy. Uh, you know, I, I don't think John or Kyle are, is going to give anyone a job, just hand over a job. But, you know, that's um, that's something that's, you know, Daniel Kilgore's really got to, you know, get in camp and uh, really show them what they can do. You know, job's up on, on the line, you know. Um, so we'll find out what happens there. Um, you know, there was a lot of other talk um, about, you know, possibly uh, obviously the defensive tackle position and maybe uh, looking at cornerbacks um, in the free agency and see who's out left out there, uh, you know. And uh, there's a couple – yeah, I mean, there's a couple possibilities out there. Uh, nothing that I don't think – you know, me and Jeff were talking today over the phone about, uh, you know, Dante Johnson. You know, there's a reason why they kept him. And, uh, Jeff, you want to uh, tell me what you uh, told me over the phone today about uh, Mr. John Lynch, what he said during a broadcast of ours? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it was two years ago. We played Atlanta. I believe it was in uh, at Levi Stadium. Yep. And... If you all remember, that was the game for three quarters until they switched corners that Julio Jones was quiet in that game. The only cornerback that played on him, and he followed him from side to side, was Dante Johnson. And John Lynch did nothing but praise Dante for the game he had. And I believe that's why Dante Johnson is still on this team. One, John Lynch called that game and pointed out how much of a great game Dante had. And two, you don't think Kyle Shanahan doesn't remember Julio being shut down <laughs> by Dante Johnson? I mean, come on. I guarantee you that those two right there looked at each other and said, he's not going anywhere. Mm. And there was a reason for that. And I just I believe that if Dante Johnson in the true defense, which we're going to have a hybrid 4-3, and we saw yep. it at the end of last year. He played a little bit of safety. He also came in after a couple of injuries and played corner. And I thought played very well for the limited time that he got to play on the field. I mean, he was, to me, better than Tremaine Brock. I mean, but that's a different story. Mm-hmm. I believe that you can look at a Dante Johnson and a Robinson as your two starting outside corners this year. And the reason I say that is I would not be surprised if Jimmy Ward goes to safety next to Tarp, and you also could have Eric Reed roam the center of the field as a third linebacker on certain down situations. I think you're going to see a three-safety rotation between Ward, Tarp, and Reed throughout the season. So we need two legitimate corners that will just stay in corner, and I believe that will be Johnson and Robinson. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a great point. That's a great point you bring up. I think we're going to be talking quarterbacks here in a little bit. What I want to Ooh, tell everybody, favorite. yeah, what I want to tell everybody, um, you know, obviously, you know, we're talking about draft tech and everything, and obviously we'll talk about that a lot. But, you know, I'm going through a lot of the tapes, um, a lot of the people that are allowing me to use their, uh, you know, passwords to go into different tapes. So, 
watch some of these players. Then I stumble over the weekend. I stumbled across this guy. His name is, uh, he's on YouTube. His name is Brett Coleman. K-O-L-L-M-A-N-N. And his film studies, it's called The Film Room EP. Um, Go check out Malik Hooker's scouting report. And he does a fabulous job, and he explains what a 4-3 under is because Malik Hooker obviously is a perfect situation for that, someone that obviously we're, we're going to get more deep involved in Malik Hooker, but, you know, someone that might not have the tackling and the uh, hips, but he, he is a machine uh, to, to be that Earl Thomas kind of player. And he kind of explains – you know, what that defense does to a T. So if if you guys want to know what a four three under really is, go check out go check that out on YouTube. Once again, just look up the film room EP and then it's called twenty five and it's Malik Hooker's scouting report. It does a fabulous job. So uh Brett uh Kalman, great job with that. Great job with that. I have it on my page too if someone if you guys want to check it out, but um just a fabulous job with that. So, um, yeah, I thought that was real interesting. You know, Brian, i I got to give, you know, people on Facebook and Twitter, they've bashed Kyle Shanahan. They've bashed John Lynch. Well, we talked about this last week. You know, people were talking about they want John Lynch fired. I'm like, you guys are fools. And here's why. You have signed 11 free agents mm-hmm. to, the, to this team, plus this trade today makes 12. You've added 12 players to this team, and you still have the most cap room in the NFL of over $80 million. And this team already is better on paper than it was last year. Yeah, they are. You know, it's, they are. It's, it's better on they paper better than it was team. two years ago. And we're still putting pieces together. I mean, if you're looking at the signings now that we're doing, and we're, I guarantee you they're not done. I'm sure you'll see some trades that's going to irritate people make people mad, but if you look at the big picture of why that trade was done or why that cut was done or why that Mm -hmm. signing was done, you're going to see a team that's not 2-14 and this year. I guarantee you, you're going to see a team that's no worse than 6-10 and up to 8-8. and Look for that range. I know people are like, oh, what, you're hoping for an 8-8 season? After the last two years? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll uh, take that. I'll take that all day long. That's a six-game that's a six-game improvement from last year, and it's a three-game mm-hmm. improvement from two years ago. So why would yep. you not be happy with an 8-8 eight eight season? I mean, don't get me wrong. Would I love a Super Bowl? Yes. That's not going to happen this year unless no. all the pieces fall mm-hmm. together right. And look at Atlanta. Here's a good example. Look at Atlanta. Two years yeah. ago, they struggled. They started off somewhat hot, and then they struggled. Look at them last year. You were lucky to slow them down. It's going to take two years for the offense just to get comfortable to know the Kyle system. system. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a very it's a very difficult uh, learning process, the wording and everything. So it's going to take a while. Uh, Jeff, you know, let's get to it. Okay. All right. Uh, Jeff talked. Jeff originally talked me in, into go check out this website. It's www.draft and then tek.com. Uh, this is what we all go by. Okay, we think it's a number one website, and now we want to bring on uh, 
someone that uh, your guy, everybody's guy here, 49ers draft tech guy, Brett Clancy. And we would like to welcome Brett along. Brett, how you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing, Brian? Great, great, Brett. Um, we have uh, Jeff here, who's my co-host. And, uh, you know, oh, we have a lot to ask you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> good evening, we have Brett. a lot to ask you. All right. Um, I'm good. How you doing, Jeff? I'm good. I'm good. So, um, Jeff, Jeff is a huge, huge uh, fan of your website. And uh, oh, yeah. um, Jeff's going to kind of control the interview here. So, uh, Jeff, uh, go ahead and take it away, and uh, it's all yours. All right. I hope you're ready. Good one. All right, Brett. On the, I noticed, you know, on the draft, the mock draft today, you have uh, Jamal Adams there for the Niners to be taken. Um, yeah. What, what do you see is the big difference between him and Hooker? I mean, for you to choose Adams over Malik Hooker. Well, what made me gravitate towards Adams is I have him filling that sort of strong safety role that I don't think since uh, Anton Bethea was released isn't really filled. I mean, I'm not sold on Jaquiski Tart. I think Eric Reed's more of a free safety, and they're supposed to be trying to move Jimmy Ward back into that free safety spot, and that's where Malik Hooker would play. So, I mean, you could keep Jimmy Ward at corner, but if they're, they're serious about trying to move him to free safety, it's the strong, strong safety spot that you really need to worry about. And that's where I like Adams to be, that like tone setter, that Cam Chancellor type of uh, player who can be strong against the run, who can you know, really hit guys hard over the middle, but can also make plays on the ball. Okay. Um, I, I like that, that reasoning there. And then uh, also I noticed the Niners, you know, our defensive line, um, to be honest, is awful thin. I mean, what <laughs> – I mean, Solomon Thomas, to me, I think would be a, a pretty good pick at number two because we kind of do have four safeties. But I know Dante Johnson played a little bit of safety towards the end of the year. He's probably more of a free safety as well. But, I mean, Solomon Thomas over Adams, I mean, what's your take on that part? I actually considered Solomon Thomas. I was considering putting him in there because uh, he's – God, just watch him on the tape. It's fantastic. He's a great edge rusher. I just wasn't sure what the whole plan with the line is because he's another one of those guys who's similar to Jonathan Allen where, like, he can certainly hold up on the edge as a defensive end. But when you watch him on tape, some of his best rushes come from inside of that three technique, which is where you already have DeForest Buckner, which is arguably where uh, Eric Armstead is at his best. So it's kind of like how many guys do you want to put as inside pass rushers? I mean, I think Solomon Thomas is a better outside rusher than uh, a guy like Jonathan uh, Jonathan Allen would have been. Uh, but is that his best position, and are you getting the most out of him at the number two overall pick if you're going to play him exclusively at the defensive end spot? I guess was kind okay. of what kept me away from him on this. I'm not away from him entirely. I, he's certainly still definitely in the consideration for that number two spot. I would love to have him if that ends up being the pick, but I just – that was what kept me from taking him over Adams in this week's uh, mock. Right. Okay. Um, and then I noticed in the second round you have Taco Tarleton. Um, to be honest, I haven't really – I watched a little bit of film on him, and he hasn't – he never really stood out to me. I mean, what, did, what made him stand out to be, for you, a second-round pick? For Tarleton, it was really just about – he's got, like – 
the the athletic traits that you really look for. He's got that great length. He's like one of these super freak athlete guys. And like it, it is one of those things where he's inconsistent on tape and you're going to need to coach him up a little bit. But he's a guy who, you know, you'll see going as high as like number nine to the Bengals sometimes. And he's, you know, probably shouldn't go that high. But he's one of those projection type of guys who I just saw once he started to fall into the second round. I was like, we need a guy on the edge if, you know, we can coach him up a little bit. He's a guy who ends up looking like a steal in a couple of years. Right. Um, now, last – It was just last it was a value pick, really. Right. Last defensive question for me. Um, then we'll see if Brian has one. But uh, Kevin King from Washington, the cornerback, mm-hmm. what, what would you think about, let's say, trading back into a first round or trading back and drafting somebody like him or even maybe getting him in the second round? But I think right now the mock you guys have him, he's actually going in the first round since uh, Jones has dropped. Uh-huh. I don't know that I would want to trade back into the first. I would definitely like them to consider trading out of that number two spot just because I think this is a really deep draft class, and if you get a good offer, I would definitely say try and move back and collect some more picks. But Just because we moved up last year to take uh, Joshua Garnett, and I really want to like – I think they're trying to build uh, through this draft, and I – wouldn't want to give up too many draft picks, but I mean, if they believe in a guy, I say go up and get him. But right now, I say kind of see how it falls because there's every week the mock turns different, and every other mock that you see on any other site is, you know, guys will go from top ten picks to falling out of the first round completely. So, right, I tend towards staying put, and if anything, I would say trade back in the first you know, from that number two spot, try and get a lower pick and try and get more value for uh, in the draft just to kind of Uh, keep that rebuild going. I'm 100% agreeing with you there. I mean, it's just, to me, I think that number two, especially if for some reason that we don't know that Cleveland passes up Miles Garrett, that number two pick is just going to become a huge nothing but phone calls to the 49ers asking what they can give to get that number two. Um, I mean, trading back from, let's say, 17 to 23 gives you a whole bunch of options. Plus it gives you, I mean, Reuben Foster or Kristen uh, McCaffrey. I mean, what's your thought on one of those two guys if we do trade back? I love Christian McCaffrey. I, uh, was trying to get him in the second round before he ultimately ended up going towards the bottom of the first. I think he'd be a really great compliment to Carlos Hyde this year. And is kind of a guy who makes sure that you don't have to overpay for him. If he has a big resurgent year this year, and he's just another one of those guys who has this incredible skill set where you can split him out into the slot. Like he's a great route runner, has these great hands. Uh, and I think he's a little bit undersold as a guy who can kind of go in the middle. It's not his specialty, but I don't think he has a problem you know, pounding you through the tackles. So I think it would be great if we could move back and get him and add a couple more draft picks. Uh, Reuben Foster, I I mean, if you're moving back and picking him up, uh, I don't think you can really go wrong. He's great on the field. I would want to know a little bit more about what's going on with him off the field, especially after his combine incident. But that was his first (laughs) real big, like, off-the-field thing. So, uh, I mean, again, that's a guy who watches tape and he's, a fantastic player. So you'd love to have a guy like that as long as the uh, 
you know, mental aspect of it checks out, and he's, you know, seems yeah, like a good you know, kid. So, yeah, love to have him. You know, like to ask you about is is uh, Marshawn Lattimore, which I I put on the tape, and I I just keep on wanting to put it on the tape on this guy. Um, <laughs> you know, Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, he, he, it. The last time the 49ers had a shutdown corner, I mean, I guess you would have to say Deion Sanders. I mean, but, you know, Marshawn Lattimore, he passes all these tests. And I know there's, you know, the, there's some stuff that there's questions about Lattimore. You know, can he stay, can, can he stay healthy? Um, but for, you know, 4-3 uh, uh, under, I, I, I mean, I think he would be a perfect person just to put out there and you don't have to worry about him eventually. Um, you know, I – I keep on going back to him, and I know it might be – I mean, I love Solomon Thomas, like you said, um, and I really, really love Corey Davis. I know two might be a stretch at two, but, hey, you know what? If if you need – if you think that that's your guy, you know, you just got to go ahead and take him. Uh, but my question to you is, you know, I have a hard time. You know, Malik Hooker would probably fit our system to a T – you know, he's that four, three under safety guy, you know, uh, in the championship game. You know, they really didn't test, um, you know, uh, as far as, uh, you know, Jamal Adams uh, versus Hooker. And I know Jamal Adams probably has a little bit better of a uh, uh, technique. Um, I didn't like Jamal Adams. I don't know if you saw this on tape, too, where – he wanted to make sure he didn't miss tackles and he would let the player, let the runners come to him and then tackle him. Um, you know, what did you see on Jamal Adams that you said, wow. And maybe what are the, what are the, some of the things that you said, <laughs> um, can you kind of talk about Jamal Adams uh, first, maybe? Yeah, absolutely. Um, with Jamal Adams, I, I think you're right. He does kind of let runners come to him a little bit, which is a little bit disconcerting, especially when you're watching the tape and you're kind of like, go get him. And he's, yeah. but he sits back and he actually does make the tackle, which you like to see, especially because you hate to see guys over pursue and miss a tackle, but you kind of want to be a little bit more aggressive, but there's just, uh, he has some really nice like splash plays where he's will line up like right on the line of scrimmage. And like, oh, I can't remember who it was, but there was just one play where he like lined up sort of right over a defensive end, like right on the goal line. And just like, as soon as the ball was snapped, uh, sprinted into the backfield and tackled the mm-hmm. halfback for a loss on like the two yard line. And like, that's really the kind of thing that drew me to him. And like just all the stuff you hear about him uh, as he's like one of the best leaders that LSU has ever had in their secondary. And like, that's not a, a light statement. I feel like. Um, so it's, I feel like he's just a very good, very versatile, but he does have sort of, he is a little bit maybe overly cautious because he does sort of understand like, Oh, I want to make the more conservative play here versus I want to make the more aggressive play, which is, I think what you're talking about with Malik Cooker is a guy who's sort of, Mm -hmm. I want to make a big play no matter what it is. So he'll be more aggressive in his tackles and he'll miss more tackles because of it, because he'll sprint straight ahead at a guy and sometimes he'll take a bad angle and sometimes he'll, you know, just not over pursue and miss the guy completely but he's also the guy who, you know, will sprint. I remember watching him against Clemson went from yep. like the opposite hash mark all the way across the field to intercept Deshaun Watson. And you're like, you can't even blame him for that. Like you 
look at the guy and he's wide open. And then all of a sudden Malik Hooker's there taking the ball away. Yeah, his, his so, I mean, speed I think is just amazing. And just he oh, go ahead, the ball so well. It's insane. He just mm-hmm. – I think I read uh, something where he, he goes directly for the ball, like sort of without concern for the other player. So he'll like run directly into – you know, like there's so many plays you'll watch him just like pull the ball out of the hands of a receiver who didn't even know he was in the area. So he's just incredible ball skills for him. But he's, again, he's one of those guys who – he's going to make a big play or he's not going to make a play at all. Whereas I feel like Jamal yeah. Adams is like, he's going to make a play and sometimes it'll be a great play. And sometimes it'll be sort of a meh conservative play. Yeah. I mean, you, you see someone like, even like uh, Malik Hooker, where I think it was versus Texas. I want to say um, where, you know, he, he almost jumped in front of the ball and knocked it down. Should have had an interception, probably pick six. Um, and then you had another play where, you know, the guy was giving him a curl, and then the kind of went into a slant route. And you know, there's a completion, and he tackled him. But uh, you know, something like that in the NFL, you do that in the NFL, you know, you're asking for trouble. Uh, but yeah. uh, but no, that's uh, you know, they're two great safeties. Uh, I know a lot of people probably wouldn't like that at the second pick, but you just don't know where the 49ers are going to go, and. Um, you know, uh, obviously, I, I think as far as a trade down, I think the only team that I really see them maybe getting a trade done is with the Jets, maybe, possibly. You know, if they want yeah. uh, Trubisky or someone like that. Um, you know, you look at the other teams in the top ten, I, I don't – it doesn't make sense for them to go up and get them. Uh, a number, you know, at, at number two. No, and that's two. what I keep um, looking at because you'll you'll see all over the place. Everybody's just like, oh, they need to trade down. They need to trade down, and it's like, well, yeah, but they need somebody who wants to trade up first. You know, it's not uh, not as easy as just saying, oh yeah, we'll just take whatever anyone's given us to move down. Well, and, absolutely. Uh, sorry, I wanted to jump in real quick because I know you mentioned uh, Corey Davis, and he is yeah. one of my favorite players to watch in this draft, and it's it's a shame that he had this injury and like hasn't been able to participate in pretty much anything. We're not going to get to see him until like he does like a special pro day by himself, but he's a guy who like, if he had had the perfect off season could have made himself worthy of that number two pick. But like, since he's just been not really able to do anything, I don't think you can really justify it, but he, that's a guy who you watch and you're just like, he just made everybody else look ridiculous. At, uh, you know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of a kid from Chattanooga. <laughs> <laughs> Named Daryl Owen. He reminds me a lot yeah. of him when he was young. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying the finished product, but I'm saying he does remind me a little bit of him. Um, you know, kind of big, up, very strong upper body, uh, can control the ball, um, you know, has, has that separation. Um, you know, he, he's got a little bit in him, I think. But, uh, you know, that's my so, thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Merlin, right. I just remember like oh, go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say oh, no, I, was just gonna... I have a question, but go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um I noticed in here, you know, in the third round, I, I kinda like Davis Webb. Um what's the difference between him and let's say Nathan Peterman and, and getting Peterman in the fourth round and then getting somebody like a Chris Goodman at wide receiver in the third. I mean, what's the big difference between the two? It's actually interesting that you say that because I had originally 
the way I originally constructed my mock, I had uh, I was taking Chris Godwin in the third at the at that spot and waited until the bottom of the fourth and ended up with Nathan Peterman. And I thought, okay, I'm satisfied with that, but I just really wanted to go back and kind of, I don't know, something about Davis Webb uh, has really sort of caught me, whereas Nathan Peterman sort of hasn't stood out to me. Like, I, I like Nathan Peterman, but I don't think he's great. I think he does a lot of things well, but doesn't do anything really well, if that makes sense. Whereas, like, Davis Webb, I sort of see the ability to make him a high-end starter if he's developed properly. Whereas I think Nathan Peterman, if he's developed well, is just sort of like a mid to lower level. Like, I don't think he ever gets past, like, being a top 20 quarterback. Whereas I think Davis Webb, if you develop him properly, could be a top 10 guy. And ultimately, I think you're you're going for a uh, a backup quarterback in this draft and either on 2018 to find who your long-term starter is going to be. So I wouldn't mind doing something like that, but I had, I had Chris Godwin pegged as my third-round pick for the past couple of weeks, so I just kind of wanted to see what the draft kind of shook out to be if I did make that jump and take Davis Webb at the top of the third there. Okay. Uh, I understand. I mean, I've watched tape on Webb and Peterman, and I, I can agree with you with Webb probably having a higher ceiling than Peterman. Um, but I'm going to say here's my draft crush before he got hurt, mm-hmm. and that was – Chad Kelly from Old Miss. I believe in my my opinion from watching film and tape and games that I think he would be actually rated as the number one quarterback coming out this year over any quarterback any other quarterback in this draft class. What's what's your thought on Kelly? Uh, with Kelly I sort of wasn't a huge fan of a lot of his off the field stuff. I've mostly watched him through proxy from watching a lot of tape on Evan Ingram. Um, But I think he, I think actually his injuries and like the off the field stuff that have kind of sunk his draft stock kind of make him more interesting to me because I think now you can get a guy who does have a lot of talent and who might've been, if not the best, one of the better quarterbacks in this draft class, at least from an arm talent perspective, uh, you can get him – he may not even be drafted, I've heard some people say, and you could potentially get him in the sixth or seventh round. And if you, you know, sit down and talk to him and think that he's, you know, not going to go uh, Johnny Manziel on you, that's an interesting uh, prospect. But I, I don't know. I was never really super sold on him as a guy just because I hadn't heard a lot of great things. He had some questionable decision-making stuff. But, I mean, I guess in terms of this draft class, like – Take a chance on arm talent, and if the kid looks like he's got his head together, take a shot and see what you can do, right? Oh, I, I agree. I mean, I think – I mean, Deshaun Watson, in my opinion, he could be a good quarterback, but I think Mike Williams bailed him out more than Deshaun Watson making the great throw, in my opinion, from what I catch on tape. I mean, there was a lot of I think that's definitely true and, in uh, – yeah, from his 2016 tape, I actually had to go back and watch more of Watson from 2015 when uh, he didn't have Williams, so just to kind of see. And it was it was comparable, but yeah, like if you watch any of his stuff from 2016, it's Mike Williams making great plays half the time and not such great throws from Watson. Right. Um, in your opinion, who stood out at the 
draft combine the most in in any position? I mean, who do you think actually was the star of the combine? Hmm. Who was the guy who? I mean, Christian McCaffrey was one of the guys who I had really been looking forward to, and he did not disappoint. Uh, you've got the obvious guy like uh, Obi Malfanwu from uh, Connecticut, who just blew up the combine and all of a sudden jumped from fourth-round projections to being a first-round guy, just like Byron Jones did. Um, I was really impressed with uh, – I liked how Derek Rivers checked out from uh, Youngtown, Youngstown State, the uh, edge rusher there. Uh, he needed a good combine. I thought he did a pretty good job. Didn't jump off the tape, but just kind of proved that what he put on tape was for real. He is a athletic guy. Uh, Chris Godwin was another one of the guys who I was really happy to see put out uh, at the combine that he, you know, he's not just a possession receiver. He can be a deep guy. He's got speed. He's got hands. He can run all the routes. Uh, oh, Evan Ingram was the one who just after the combine, I was like, I want this guy in the second round. I want him at pick 34 and something always comes up that makes me pass over him. But that guy has a matchup nightmare with his speed, with his size, with his hands and route running ability. He was one of the guys who really impressed me. Nice. Um, you know, I'm a big Washington Huskies fan, so I'll throw this out there right now. Sidney Jones, I mean, poor kid, poor the Achilles at his pro day. I noticed you have him taking us, taking him in the fourth round, which I think is a great move. Um, how how high do you think he actually would have gone in this draft had he not done his Achilles injury? I mean, I think he was one of those guys who I've seen him. Some guys had him as their number one corner in this draft, and I don't know if I would have had him that high. But I think he was definitely like a top 20 pick, maybe even top 15, depending upon how many teams really wanted to go cornerback in this draft. But, I mean, he was, you know, easy first-rounder, probably a top-20 guy to me. So when I saw him available in the fourth round, I was like, take him. And, you know, even if he misses the entire season, like you just got one of the best cornerbacks from this draft who's got the size, who played in a system fairly similar to what the 49ers are going to try and run. Like that's a steal, you know. Right. I I agree. I mean, I I would have jumped all over that myself. Um, As far as, I mean – the Niners signing of free agents, who stood out to you the most as one that could make a change of for the team itself and for maybe a draft wise that could throw a wrench into what everybody's thinking? Well, I think Brian Hoyer was sort of the first signal that like they might not be looking quarterback at number two. Cause I think before then there was a lot of people who still thought, oh, it'll probably be Trubisky. They're going to have to address the quarterback. They're going to bring in Matt Schaub to be like the veteran backup. And then I think as soon as you got Hoyer in there, who a guy who was a guy who uh, started games last year and who, you know, has started for Kyle Shanahan and has had success recently and not just, you know, I think Matt Schaub's last start was something like 2013. Um, so I think that one was one of the ones that kind of signaled that like, oh, they are – serious about potentially waiting on a quarterback and the other one was uh Pierre Garçon I think was another one that kind of because I had originally been thinking maybe they are going to try and take a quarterback uh, not a quarterback I'm sorry a wide receiver 
maybe not necessarily at number two, but try and move back a couple of slots and really try and focus on taking a wide receiver. So I thought Pierre Garçon being added to the mix to be like that number one wide receiver to at least fill that role of like the guy who's going to be the primary target uh, that Kyle Shanahan's offense requires uh, kind of really made it seem like, okay, we can wait until the third or fourth rounds, take a Chris Godwin, take a uh, uh, Kenny Galladay out of Northern Illinois, guys like that and kind of be like, okay, we'll have somebody opposite here, and they can kind of come along at their own pace. And we have Jeremy in the uh, Jeremy Curley at the slot, and, you know. And then I also think the trade for Jeremy Zuda that just happened today uh, was also a big impact because that was uh, a position that I was really looking to fill was like, I was like, we need more interior line help. We need an upgrade over Kilgore at center or a left guard, and, Zuda can play either one of those spots. So I think that's, you know, now in the back of your mind and you maybe try and pick up a young guy uh, later in the draft, but certainly nothing that you need to address early on. Right. Um, you know, what what got me is, and I've talked to Brian about this, and I've watched a lot of, I mean, being from California and stuff, I've watched, you know, UCUSC UC, games. And Matt Barkley, to me, is very intriguing as coming in with the backup to – you know, Hoyer, because they both work together in Chicago. So they have the working chemistry down. I mean, do you see the potential of Matt Barkley actually becoming the franchise of this team at quarterback? I'm not quite sure because I, I think there's a really big range for Matt Barkley right now. I think it's a good sign that they signed him because to me that said, because they signed him uh, the day after they signed Hoyer. So that to me said they brought in Brian Hoyer and said, hey, we're looking at Matt Barkley. What do you think of him? And Hoyer obviously said some nice things. And he's like, he's young enough. And I remember really liking him coming out of college. So I think his ceiling is that he could potentially, you know, really impress in the preseason and potentially take that starting job and become the future of the team. But I also think there's a chance that, you know, they draft somebody in the third, fourth round. He, you know, gets beat out and becomes the third quarterback you know, to this rookie who's, you know, now the backup and he ends up getting cut next seat, next uh, off season, you know, like, so there's, I feel like there's just a huge range of like, and it's kind of all up to him. And if he performs really well, then I think they'll give him a chance to kind of take on a bigger role. But if he, you know, doesn't perform immediately, pretty much, then he's going to become expendable really quickly. Okay. Yeah. The reason I brought that up is because I have a feeling that the Niners might not actually pick up a quarterback in this draft because I think next year's draft has a little bit more has a little bit better quarterback class. And I mean I've been looking For at sure. a, you know like a Jake Brown, you know Browning from Washington. I think he could fit Kyle's system pretty well. Um, I mean I understand picking a quarterback in this draft class because you need you possibly could use a third one, but. I mean, what about picking up another free agent that's been a career backup, like the kid from San Jose State that's out there that was with the Bears? I can't remember his name. Uh, David Fales? Yes. Was it? Yeah, Fales? I don't know so. how to pronounce it. Fales or Falls, but, yeah, I know right. what you're talking about. You know, bringing him in, you know, to be – He was one of the Jim Harbaugh's top five quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I just uh, remembered that was a. He said he uh, Fails was one of his top five quarterbacks coming out that year. I don't remember which year it was. I want to say 2014, but I could be wrong. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you're right. I think it could be uh, a year that they just either don't take a quarterback or wait until like the sixth round, seventh round, take a flyer on a guy or, you know, just add an undrafted free agent just to have another camp arm. And then, yeah, do add somebody like a David Bales. I think this is kind of going to be a year where they're going to try and add a lot of pieces and just kind of see who sticks because they do have the cap money to kind of add some pieces and just kind of, you know, be able to take some chances and make some mistakes in this first year and kind of correct from there, make guys compete and win jobs as opposed to just saying like, well, you know, we don't have enough guys. So I guess you're on the team. Right. You know, there's, there's a couple guys I'd like to ask you before we let you go here. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, another guy I, I really like is Anthony Walker Jr. Uh, inside linebacker from uh, Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern what, yeah. what, are your, what, what are your takes on him? Um, I really like him. I'm not quite sure where he's going to end up going. I think draft tech right now, he's going around the mid third round, which was a little early for me. I think if he okay. falls a little bit, I think he's really interesting. Um, he's a great player though. Uh, solid tackler. He's a little small. I think he's just a hair yeah. over six foot, but, uh, Really good linebacker prospect. I really like him. And this is a guy, another guy I want to bring up, and obviously I'm the defensive guy here, you can tell. Um, <laughs> cornerback, uh, cornerback, uh, Cordieri uh, Tankersley at uh, Clemson. This guy, you know, I, I know what do you guys have him ranked. I think it's 112 on the big board. But, um, you know, this guy, all he does is make plays, and, and I'm really surprised – um, that he's dropped that that low. Um, I, I know he's got, you know, some of his problems with his hips, and, you know, sometimes he doesn't put himself in the best position uh, to, 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 to make sure that, uh, that, you know, he's in front of the, he's in front of the people who catch the ball. Um, you know, why do you think he's dropped a little since, uh, since the con- and I thought he had a, he, he had a decent combine too. Um, what was, uh, what was your take on him? I actually really like him. I thought we had him – We had. well, I don't think we had him too high, but we originally had him going uh, in the mid-second round, and that was just a little too rich for my blood. So now that he's dropped, I think he becomes a little bit more interesting. And I think it's just a, a matter of just kind of trying to figure out where all of these cornerbacks fit in because it is such a deep class, and it's like how many – where do you put, you know, your number 10 corner or whatever he ends up being uh, – versus all the other positions. Because I think, you know, I think he's definitely a top 100 player. I think we've got him a little too low now. It looks like we just dropped him 38 spots most recently. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, six one four four speed, like, uh, he's a guy that I like, and I think uh, we'll yeah. probably go higher than we have him projected right now. But it's just it's so hard with so many really good cornerbacks you don't know who's right. what the line's going to be when people say, "Oh wait, we're not going to take a cornerback here." Who takes a cornerback earlier? You know. And here's a problem I have. Um, you know, a lot and a lot of 49 fans do this. You, know, you can't be with your fans. <laughs> John Ross, electric. We, he 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 broke the record. You know, I understand that. Okay, but you know, right. I, you know, I I watch him. And I do think there is a boomer bust with him. Um, 
Not saying that he's going to be, but I could see a potential that I think he's a high risk if you take him maybe that 1 to 15 range. Um, That's why I think a lot of people have him below that, you know, because, you know, is he Deshaun Jackson? Possibly. Um, Or could he be someone that, you know, is just a a straight-line shooter and that's all he can do? Um, You know, it's kind of very questionable. Yeah, yeah, very questionable. Um, I would be very scared to take him, you know, within the top 15 picks. Um, But at the same time, you know, all the 49er fans want to know, you know, is there a number one once, you you know, once you get past – you know, obviously, uh, you know, Mike Williams and, you know, all these guys. Is there a guy that kind of stood out and say he's got potential to become a number one wide receiver? Is there someone that maybe you can say you might want to check this guy out um, as far as what from the wide receiver position? I would definitely say uh, one of my bigger draft crashes uh, this year is Chris Godwin from Penn State. Uh, he measured up a little small, but he's got great speed, great hands. Uh, he's a fantastic route runner. Uh, he's gone up against some big-time competition and just kind of owned everybody. Um, he was sort of immune to Christian Hackenberg's uh, terrible throws last year, so he's a guy yeah. who I've been really impressed with. I also really like um, Juju Smith-Schuster out of uh, USC. I think he needs a little bit of time. I'm not 100% sure on him, but I just – He's got good size. He's like a real good, like physical receiver. I don't know that he's a great fit for San Francisco anymore with Pierre there now, but he was a mm, guy who I kind of looked yeah. at who like is potentially falling into the third round now. And I thought this is a guy who could develop into something. I also really like Noah Brown out of Ohio state. Uh, everybody's saying he came out a little too early. He was only a red shirt sophomore. Didn't really put up huge numbers, but he like, there's not too much tape available on him, but he, every time you see him, he's making a play. Even in the run game, he's you know pushing somebody out of the way. So I really was impressed with him on film. I think that he's going to take some time, but I think he could potentially develop into something. Um, this is just like a really good draft, I think, to find some guys. Uh, Kenny Galladay was a guy who I've been watching recently uh, that I really like in like the fourth, fifth round area. He's from Northern Illinois. 6'4", 218, just a nice big target who's got some good deep speed. Uh, he's going to need to work on his routes. He's going to need to work on getting a little stronger. He can kind of be pushed around a little bit because he is a little thin. But he's just a guy who, if he works on it, he can definitely become a number one wide receiver. He gets a little bit more strength, gets a little bit more polished in his routes. Okay, and um, let's talk about draft. Those are some guys about... I've noticed. Very cool. Let's talk about draft tech real, real quick here. Um, and how many times sure. did you guys up, uh, update uh, your mock drafts? Uh, we Is update, it usually it's once a week. I know since free agency Wait. has started, we did it, I believe, twice last week or three times last week. We had, you know, as more signings came in, we updated to kind of adjust to the new signings. So is it like, um, but I mean, usually it's once tell, every week we have a new. Can I tell the fans how that works? Are you guys doing like, okay, I'm taking this guy. Okay. This guy's going to take this guy. How, how, how do you guys work that? Uh, so the way we, we do it is everybody has their own, you know, representative and we have, uh, 
our uh, team needs list where you kind of rank from on a one to nine scale like what the importance of each position is. Uh, so, for example, like I've got QB as, you know, uh, number one priority. I've got wide receiver as a number two priority, things like that. So you kind of go on that one to nine scale of how high a priority it is. And then you also have a what we call a grab list of I think it goes up to about 12 players. So you can kind of say, like, specifically, oh, I want this player. Or you could just say, I want the best available cornerback or I want the best available uh, center, you know. And you can kind of designate, like, or you can say specifically, I want Chris Godwin, I want Corey Davis, and that type of uh, So then it will kind of, then it runs through a program, and if you have a specific player, so say I have, let's say that I want to put Miles Garrett at number two, but Miles Garrett's already going number one. So obviously it'll skip over that and it'll go to, if I have a second player listed as who I want at number two, it'll take that player. Otherwise it'll default to whatever my highest priority is and take the best player at that position. I think I how think cool How cool correctly. is your job? You get, you get to do a mock draft every week. <laughs> how cool is that guy? It is, <laughs> it is really cool. I have to say, uh, I'm one of the newer guys to the sites, but it's uh, it's been great. It's what I look forward to every week. It was just Absolutely. watching film and writing comments about why these players are great and getting to go through. And I just love getting into like the later rounds too. And I'm like, oh, I need to make sure that I'm getting good players in the fourth, fifth, and sixth rounds. Yeah, I mean, you guys like, is... these are people who like. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I mean, your guys' site is the one. I mean, I turned Brian to it because, I mean, we go through our mock drafts. And I base, you know, go through and I look at the big boards and then I look at positional rankings and then go through mock drafts that you guys do. I mean, we don't we don't always see eye to eye. But, I mean, what range do you you have to cover, I mean, the whole country for college? Or is it – do you have somebody that helps on the East Coast with you or do you actually have to just sit there and do all that film work? Well, we're all sort of each responsible for our own film work and our own stuff, but um, it's a couple of guys who set up the big board. The couple of the main uh, higher-ups set up our actual big board and the positional rankings, and then it's up to each individual analyst to kind of interpret from there who they want to take and where. Okay. Like I know, and then they'll you know kind of give you the the reach values and stuff based off of that. So I'll. Sometimes, you know, it'll tell me, like, oh, I'm reaching on Davis Webb by taking him at number 66 because we have him ranked number 100 overall. So, right. oh, you're reaching by, you know, however many picks. So it's sort of like you have to, you know, they sort of give you almost this template of, you know, and they update it um, to make sure it's staying current and, you know, move guys up and down the draft board as is appropriate. And then you just kind of interpret from there. Man, how do I get a job doing what you do? I would love it. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, man. man. I tell you. That'd be God. great. All right. I mean. Brett, it was an honor to have you have you on tonight. Um, I, we would love to have you on maybe after after the draft because I know you're going to get busy. Um, but if you want, yeah, to follow, absolutely. <laughs> if you want want to follow <laughs> Brett on Twitter. 
It's at the Brett with two T's, Clancy, C-L-A-N-C-Y. And go check him out. And obviously, uh, every week, go check him, check out who he's picking at www.drafttech.com. And, uh, Brett, thank you so much for coming on. It was an honor to have you on. And, we, you know, we love, <laughs> we love what you do. <laughs> We're envious of you. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah. we love... We love hey, your I'm website. Of you guys, and, you guys get to do this uh, radio show every uh, week. That's uh... oh, yeah, it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. <laughs> very cool. Very very cool. But yeah, happy to be on with you guys anytime. Just let me know. Absolutely, no, absolutely. Thank you so much for for, for spending a little bit yeah. over over the time we're expected. But uh, man, it was very cool to have you on, and uh, we wish you the best. And uh, Hopefully we'll have you on uh, after the draft, and uh, hopefully our 49ers make some uh, good picks. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. Exactly. Right, thank you guys Thanks, for having Brad. me on. really appreciate it. Thank All right, you. Thanks yeah, so much, thank Brett. you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Brett Clancy, wow. definitely go check him out. What an awesome guy. I mean, really. That was awesome. I mean, oh, yeah. Such inside depth, and, you know, like I said, you know, Jeff put me on to Draft Tech, and, you know, I, I don't – I don't. I mean, I, I look at other sites, but Draft Tech is what I go by. I mean, that's it's that simple and um, great knowledge. Um, you know why he picks the players. I mean, that's just cool. It's so cool to have that. Uh, he had all the answers there. I mean, I thought maybe I'd trip him up here or there, and man, he nope. had it all. I mean, you could tell <laughs> he's he's dialed in, man. I love. Yeah, him. he is. No, he really is. He really is. Um, oh God, we got so much to talk about. Okay. So we're going to take a short commercial break, a little commercial, and, uh, we'll be back. And this is Brian, Jeff, and Dina on Niners radio. Well 
that life is made up of all the truth too. And the clock on the wall has been stuck at three for days and days. She thinks that happiness is a map that sits on her doorway. But outside, it's dark You're in a good mood today. Yeah, that's because I came to the park in a Windy City limo. They're the best, the 2016 Operator of the Year in America. It's affordable, and it's really worth it. No driving or parking hassles, so there's no stress. They have town cars, fancy stretch limos, elegant motor coaches, Wi-Fi, and all vehicles. And they're global. One call, one bill. Sounds like Windy City Limo has all the bases covered. Nicely played, Ed. You may have a future in broadcasting. Call Windy City Limousine today at 866-94-WINDY or go to WindyCityLimos.com. And we are back on Niners Radio with Brian, Jeff, and Dina. And, uh, man, that was fun. That was fun. Uh, we're bringing Dina. Dina, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> Miss Dina. So I, I was getting some complaints that you're not on the air as much as you, everyone wants you to be. So here's the deal. Okay. We're going to uh, ask Dina what's on her mind with these 49ers. What's your biggest issue with uh, people on Facebook and maybe uh, what they're thinking? <laughs> you really want me to go there? <laughs> I'm going to go to jail. I know. I'm well, going to go to Facebook jail tonight. <laughs> I think the fans, the fans are just spoiled and they're whiny. I mean, come on, the guys just started. They haven't done anything yet. They've they've made some excellent moves. They haven't spent much money. They've done great jobs, and the fans still aren't happy. It doesn't matter what they're doing. The fans are unhappy. Well, she's got a point, Jeff. She's got a she point. She does. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that this is real life. This is not Madden football. You're playing on a game. This is real life. This put is down, millions of dollars. Put down your spending. PlayStation, your controllers, people, because you guys are crazy. Wow. I have, I've seen more energy and more positive from these two than I've seen in the last – come on, I, even, I didn't even see this much energy when Jim Harbaugh came, and I love Harbaugh, but – there's just yeah. so much energy in the players. You've got Staley calling, calling out agents, you know. Hey, look at the sun here, guys. Come with us. You know, come on. Staley is a very – he's been very critical of everything in the last few years. And all of a sudden, he's back to bubbly Staley. And, you know, there for a while, I was like, ew, what happened to Staley? 
because he used to be a bubbly, nice guy. And then all of a sudden he became this guy who couldn't make his mind up if he liked to coach or he doesn't like to coach. He became boisterous and everything. And all of a sudden he's, you know, laughing and giggling and wearing shirts that says, haters can kiss my ass. And, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, that was so a great picture. Daily. Wasn't it? I like I took that one. I'm like, hey, that's mine. I'm owning that. Yeah. I mean, he he has voiced his opinion. You know, you can honestly tell he did not like Thomas Sulu or Kelly at all. No. Mm-mm. You know, and now he's and all of a sudden coming back out. So we'll see. And you're seeing other players. I mean, I saw Mike Davis tweeted today. Good things are happening with us in the 49ers. You know, it's like, wow, these players are coming out saying stuff. Nice, positive. Not They're ones that have never really said anything. They've always been quiet. You never see anything out of them. But all of a sudden, they're putting out there, you know, it's nice. The 49ers, are, we're making moves. I think that's what um, David said. We're making good moves. It's like, I haven't heard that we've been making good moves for years out of any player's mouth. So, Okay, I don't want to get you in trouble, Dina. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say funny. one of your top five people that you love on Facebook, besides me and Jeff, obviously, but um, who's your favorite. one guy <laughs> that's not named Derek <laughs> um, that you love, you love, <laughs> you love, <laughs> you love watching on Facebook? Because this guy's great. You know who I'm talking about. I have about. two, but my favorite... I- I have two, and the other one is so close, but Jamie Winborn is my favorite. He is he so inspirational. He's Follow just, him. I mean, that smile. Oh. What an inspiration. What an inspiration that guy is. He is. He's been through so much and fought so hard, and yet he still can show you a smile, and he, he has, he puts his words out there together, and wow, it's just, I mean... I, I look forward to signing on to Facebook every morning to see what he has said. And then my mm-hmm. next one is Dennis Brown. You know, Dennis Brown is <laughs> is a character, and that guy's a character. I don't know what the heck he eats, but that guy's all over the place. I think it's too you much know, I, coffee, but. You know what's interesting? Dennis Brown, you know, what I like about Dennis is he's just true. Because even, you know, he put Dennis, kind of a person. He kind of put a personal post out the other day yes. about his ex-wife. I was like, whoa. Dennis, um, Dennis is a very down-to-earth. I mean, wow. I was like, that was so Yeah, cool. his post to his wife. Cool. He wished her happy, his ex-wife. He wished her happy yeah. birthday. You know, he said, even though yeah. we're not together, I'll always love you. You know, happy birthday. I'm like, whoa. What a that nice That was so scene. cool. You don't hear that. No, no. But he's another one. He's down to earth, and he just, I mean, he is so down to earth. He, he does, a lot of the players are very um, not so sure. They're not themselves. They only put a little bit out there. Dennis will put out everything out there, and if it's a bad word, he doesn't care. He puts out how he feels, and he, he will go from extreme over the flirting top to the, Whatever is next, it's just funny to watch. I mean, I laugh at some of his stuff he says. I mean, yeah, no, he is. He has he some is. stuff out there that that most people wouldn't even think they, <laughs> they would stop and think they better not type it on that on social network. And I tell you guys, all, all these people that we've had on our show, 
you know, especially the last couple of years. It's just how they are. It's not they're not putting on a, a fake show. How they've talked on the radio is just how they've talked with us, you know, on the phone or wherever. I mean, um, just good guys, just really good guys. Gary Plummer, really. Good. I mean, he's another yeah. one. Me and Gary Plummer will text, and you know, he'll throw in his CTE, and you know, and then he'll make some joke behind it, and it's just like, wow, you know, it's just, it's just cool how they are. They're, they're down to earth, you know, and they don't hold back when they're talking. Same with Eric yeah. Wright. You get stuck. What you get out of Eric Wright's mouth on there, he t- he'll text me and pop off something, and you know, it's just like, wow, these guys are really funny. They're down to earth. Hmm. Here's some a uh, little bit of breaking news. Uh, Saints free agent running back Tim Hightower is scheduled to visit with the 49ers tomorrow. Tim Hightower, huh? Yeah, I don't, you know, that could yeah. be a great veteran signing, I mean, to help out with Hyde. It's not, I'll say it, it's not one that I'm like, all right, you know, it's it's one that you sit there and go, okay, I can see his role, but it's not not anything that you would want to say, all right, great, we got another good running back. You know, he's good, but he's not, he's not going to be no Hyde. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give another shout-out to someone that uh, that we kind of helped a little here. Um, go to Niners Live, okay, and someone who started on uh, YouTube. And uh, go check out Kev Mitchell. Um, he's writing for Niners, uh, NinersLive.net. Um, put an uh, article on uh, Malcolm Smith. Uh, real good article. Um, so definitely go follow him. Um, and, uh, yeah, wish you the best Kev on that. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, you know, it's funny that, you know, as we, as we've, as we've seen the progress of what Kyle and John have done, uh, you know, with, with the staff that they have around him, um, and yeah, a lot of people are like, "Well, yeah, they have seventy nine million. Why aren't they spending? They're spending wisely, guys. Um, you know, there's certain certain people who can. Uh, there's certain people they're looking for, and if those people aren't here, you know, maybe you know, obviously, like someone like a high tower, you know, if 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 they don't fit the system, they're not going to be signed. Um, they have a game plan that they're sticking with, and. You know, I, I'm sure they would love to have Kirk Cousins right now, okay, but they don't. And they had one, I think, one hell of a sign to make sure that someone that could come in and run this offense. And uh, I'm very comfortable. I think Jeff's comfortable. I think Dean is comfortable with the quarterback we have that will probably be starting game one. And yeah. I have, I mean, I don't know, what, what's your opinion, Jeff, on it? I think Hoyer will be a great, uh, I mean, what do we get him, two years? Yeah. Three years? I mean, he's going to be a great, you know, you hate to say it, but he's going to be a great bridge, whether it's for Matt Barkley or a rookie from this year's draft or next year's draft. I mean, he's going to be 
the guy. I mean, he knows the system. He came from Cleveland, which he had his best year at. Yeah, he had 13 interceptions and 12, you know, touchdowns. But if you look at it, Cleveland was competitive until a lot of injuries hurt. They lost both their running backs. They lost their tight end that year. I mean, things fell apart offensively for that team. And he still put up over 3,000 yards. And if he controls his interceptions to touchdown ratio, I mean, you could look at him just having a solid year. And that's what you need out of the quarterback play. We haven't had solid quarterback play since the 13th season. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, some people will question that. (laughs) So... Well, <laughs> you know where I, you know where I stand on that one. Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, I was talking to uh, Mr. Heath Evans over Twitter and uh, private messages, <laughs> and uh, he's he's loved what they've done. He he said, you know, you, you have John, you're in great hands. Um, and you know, we were talking about trade scenarios, and he agrees with me. He thinks you know Jets are probably a prime target. And, uh, you know, people are asking, you know, if they did trade with the Jets at six, uh, what would they get in return? Um, Just from a trade value, and this is what a lot of GMs go by, uh, the second pick is worth 2,600 points. So basically, after going down to, you know, if you you go go with the sixth pick, um, you're probably looking at a second-round pick this year and a second-round pick next year. Um, so that's what the 49ers would get in return. And uh, I, I would be okay with that. I mean, have two uh, second-round picks this year, two second-round picks uh, next, you know, in 18, I'd be fine with that, you know. Um, you know, Jets go pick their quarterback they want. And at six, uh, you have a slew of who you can pick. You know, I think Solomon Thomas is there. Any of your wide receivers are there. Um, you know, I guess one of the safeties probably dropped down to six, I would imagine. Um, you know, you could do a lot with that. You could do a lot with that. So You could um, even use it but, to trade back more. Yeah, sure. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. like you said, like you said, Brian, the Niners, I mean, Lynch and Kyle Shanahan came into this and had a plan. I mean, think about all, all the – Free agents we had. I think me and you counted at one time. There was what twenty-one counting non-starters, yeah. Brian. Yeah, yeah. They've signed two. They've only brought two back, and one. It was because he was a restricted, and they offered him a tender for it, and that was Mike Purcell. The other one was Jeremy Curley. What does that tell you about our roster that we had? If these two guys aren't bringing in back our own players. I mean, that's that ought to say something to where this team went from under Harbaugh in just two short years to now. Right. We were on a exactly. major downhill slide. So, I mean, it, it's just crazy to me. That's the thing. You, you know, you look at who you, who would you like to add. And this team does, does need quite a bit. But at the same time, you know, you would like a shutdown corner. You would like a some kind of pass rusher, if that's a defensive end or an outside linebacker. Uh, you would like to address that left guard position. You know, you, you you probably you could look at a tight end that could stretch a field too as another weapon. Um, you know, especially if you're not going to 
bring someone else in for that other side of the field. You know, you, you leave that up to competition. And uh, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that if, they, if that's the route they go. Uh, you know, and, 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 you know, you guys are right. I mean, it, it's exciting because, you know, I, I love Harbaugh. Everyone knows I was a huge Harbaugh fan. But you're right. There's a little bit more excitement right now. And that's uh, that's real interesting. That's real interesting. And, you know, I just I, I can't wait to see what the next moves are. You know, the draft is, what, maybe 40 days away now, something like that? Oh, and, is that? Uh, I don't Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, obviously uh, we'll be live for that. that that'll that be fun. That's going to be a fun time. Uh, we'll try not to look at Twitter, even though, you know, it's, it's easy to do that. <laughs> to look at and see who big gets big first. But, uh, uh, I'll tell you right now, I'll be watching ESPN on mute as we do our show. I will not have Twitter up <laughs> oh, or yeah. anything else. Yeah. I mean. Well, it's, well, it's funny because, you know, obviously Jeff's been in my house, but. Um, I have my computer facing the wall, so I'll be turning everything the other way so I can see right in front of the TV and <laughs> see what we're doing. <laughs> you know yes. that's what I'm going to do. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're going to be plastered in front of the TV for three straight days. Yep, exactly. So, exactly. It's, just... yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Well, you know, uh, if anyone wants to call in, uh, the number here is 516-418-5532. That's 516-418-5532. Come on in, uh, give us your thoughts on the draft, on free agency, you know, and it see. It doesn't uh, even have to be Niners. It can be no. any team you want. Bring any it. Team you want. Come on. Don't be yeah, scared. No. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Don't be scared at all. <laughs> You know, so uh, it's, Dina's it's just, the only one that bites. That's right. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't get Dean on your bad side. Tell you that, jeez. Get <laughs> my head off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, we have let's see here: one, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve draft picks, huh? Yeah, that's how many. Bit. How many draft picks do you think we really draft, Jeff? What's your seven. opinion? I think it's, I think it's eight. Uh, well, I would say it's seven. Eight. Just, I just think they load up for next year. I, I really do. I think they're gonna. I think there's some players in the draft next year. Um, I know of two possibly that could be coming out that could be good thoughts um, to be going the Niners' direction. But, mm-hmm. I mean, and Brian, you know who I've talked about on those those two guys. Um, oh, yeah. I just have a feeling that next year uh, we're going to have more money under the cap because I believe we get gain $9 because our Ahmed Brooks would be gone. Um, oh, Eric Reed's in his final year. I mean, so, you you know, you got players that are coming off. I mean, you could probably add another $20 million to whatever our salary cap ends is this year at the start of the season, add $20 million at it for next year. And that's what we got to go off of. And you're going to have players from next year that are going to want, that are becoming free agents that are going to want to come play here. I mean, Kirk Cousins oh, has already come out and said, he'll be a Niner either this year or next year. 
That's what yeah. he wants. So, I mean, you're going to have players wanting to come here, especially if this team shows the progress that we all think it can. You know? So. Okay, and do you know, do you know what, what do you think? How many players do you think we draft? I don't know. So you got 12. I don't know. I, th- I think we're right seven? about seven or eight. Yeah, seven or eight. Yeah. Huh? Seven or eight, maybe. Yeah, so talking about Cousins, didn't Cousins yeah. come out yesterday and say that he didn't ask to be a Niner? <laughs> well, well, let me explain something to you guys. Cousins came out and he, he did damage control this week. He's That's like, no, I don't want that. Is that what he was doing? He's yeah. doing damage control. <laughs> he has to. He has no choice right now. How how can you go in that locker room and face your teammates, knowing that you're probably going to play this year, and be like, oh, yeah, I don't want to be here, but uh, we look around his back the whole, time, whole year long. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, the only reason that they thought Terrell Pryor was because they had cousins. And that's the only reason that Terrell signed. That came out a couple of days ago. They they were talking about Cousins leaving, and Terrell was asked a question. Terrell says, I hope not, because that's why I signed. Yeah, did you see his tweet, though? He's like, well, I don't know if he's going to be here. <laughs> I hope he is. Yeah, he was confused. Much that's what he he's didn't right. yeah. It. yeah, he's like, I don't understand. Because when they asked him a question, one of the beat writers, he says, I'm confused. I don't know what's going on because when I signed, I signed because of Kirk Cousins being here. That was my main goal for signing with the Redskins was because of Kirk Cousins. Yeah, so I mean, not and, to be here. <laughs> and Pariah wow. only did sign a one-year deal because he, he don't think he's not heard or listened to what people are saying, that he could be gone yeah. in 2018, Cousins. You don't think if he has a good year this year, he's not going to follow Cousins? Wherever he goes. Well, he's going to, and that's what I said. I'm not, like, everybody knew I pouted for two days on Facebook. I said I was in the corner oh, pouting man. because I didn't get Terrell. But I also realized that one-year deal means he knows that he's going. He's coming. He's coming. So I'm not going to stress over one year. I'll get him next year. I'll get that jersey yet. There was something, <laughs> going, on. There was something going on with Deshaun Jackson, too, because, you know, he, everyone's like, okay, he's signing, he's signing. And then there was a little pause about, well, he's waiting for his deal to get done. So I, I don't know if he was talking to Cousins saying, are you going to San Francisco? Because <laughs> I can stop uh, this right he now. <laughs> he was waiting on the decision of Cousins whether or not he was going because you don't wait that long for a Mm-mm. for a contract Mm-mm. to be settled. No, I'm sorry. No. I mean, you announced mm-hmm. that he was going to what? What was it, Miami or Everyone, something yeah. like that? I mean, you don't sit there that long and wait for a contract to be settled. No, it was pushed aside and said, yep. hold up. And then he had to go with it because he realized Cousin wasn't leaving. Yeah. No, there was something so, to that. that. There was definitely something to it. Oh, he went to Tampa Bay. That's where he went. As I say, he wanted to play with, uh, yeah, with Winston. Winston. But he signed a three-year deal. You know, same thing. I think, uh, who was it, our our buddy Ryan out there. You know, you have to look at the Browns. I mean, 
Browns could be a pretty good team in a couple years here. Um, you know, all those draft Cleveland picks? or you mean Tampa Bay? Cleveland. Cleveland, I'm saying. <laughs> no, Browns. Well, well, but here's my thing. Browns, okay, I don't like how they got to to take Osweiler and then decide they're going to trade him. So basically they bought themselves a pick. Something like there should be a rule that if you're going to do something stupid and drastic like that, you have to keep the player one year. At least well, you don't get to just buy your way through it. Well, they have. Well, I mean, I they we cut, should have done that. They cut RG three and did keep him. I mean, Brock Osweiler's still well, yeah. a Cleveland Brown. But, but no, they're I agree still with open you. to trade him. I mean, they're still open. Oh, yeah. They've said if anybody offers us, we're still open. They even went as far as saying we'll take we'll take so much of a slam on that too. What was it? Fifteen yeah. million dollars slam contract, on that or whatever it was. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, they were willing to take half the pay to yeah. trade him. Yeah. That's expensive so ass pick, though. Jeez. They, there's somebody in that second round they wanted. Obviously, they were hoping for. Jeez. Somewhere, somebody was desperate for that one. Kind of make, kind of makes you wonder. Did they do that trade to try to see if they could get Garoppolo? That's what I'm wondering. I kind of thought that that's who I thought they were going to be going for because I thought that's what they yeah. they did talk that they did try. There was some talk with them with that, but I don't know. They got quiet. And someone said there was a little talk about Cousins going to Cleveland. Uh, I didn't read the story on it, but I, 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 I don't even know. That was a rumor, but I don't think it was a true rumor. Okay. I mean, okay. I think that was just somebody putting stuff out there. Let's talk yeah. about Kaepernick. How many, how Kaepernick. many people, how many teams are going after Kaepernick? Zero. None Not right now. Zero I don't even interest. think he's interviewed. Zero. No, same thing with uh, what's his name, uh, Cutler. Not a lot of people are looking for him either. Yeah, he. Well, uh, I think he got an interview the, though. I think. Yeah, the Jets. Is that who he's going yeah. to talk to? The Jets. I think this Friday. Somebody uh, yeah, Friday. wanted to. Yeah, yeah Somebody but I mean, I think that was him. his first, his first call. So uh, yeah, well, at least he got yeah. called because Kaepernick is not. Kaepernick is the new Tim Tebow. <laughs> That's like all the other night. He's a new Tim Tebow. Hey, he's I mean, gonna. He you, came out looking good, and see ya. I mean, if you're Kaepernick, what do you do? Do you do you consider changing a position like Pryor? I mean, what do you do? He'll go play I baseball. Mean, I, Kaepernick. I don't think Kaepernick has. I think he's gonna be kind of isolated out of football, like Tebow has been, because. A lot of owners before every, before all this came down, a lot of owners had already said, and were already talking to Goodell to get him out of football. They didn't like what he was doing. A lot of owners, over half the owners, didn't like what Kaepernick was doing by kneeling and stuff. So it's already been said that there was a lot of owners that didn't want him even in football. So for him to even test the free agency was kind of put it on. He kind of put himself out there because. It was a well-known fact that nobody wanted him even in football any longer. So how many teams did he really think was going to show interest in him when you have half of the owners saying, get him out of football? Yeah, he's – I mean, I don't think he would have been a Niner anyway. I don't think he fits Kyle's system, and I think they had a talk, and he was going to be cut anyway, and he just opted out just to see if he can go somewhere. And I think that's what happened. 
I think Kaepernick went went to the Jets and and did this. Little pig, little pig, let oh me in. <laughs> oh my God. That was for you, Dominic. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> oh man. I tell you, I tell you. So Jeff, you know, as we look at this, obviously, you know, free agency, you're getting the second, third tier guys. You know, um, there's still some good players out there, but you know, I think the top tier guys are gone. So, oh, yeah. you know, you look at you look at this first round, and everyone. Here's the thing, guys. You know, you look at the first round, and these guys are great. Okay. But the whole thing is, the bottom line is, normally, first-round picks, out of 32 players in four years, only 10 or 12 usually stick around. They're gone out of the league. You look at the second, third, and fourth round, those are the guys that usually are around for a long time. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, that may be climbing up the board. It's, you know, uh, Derek Barnett's from Tennessee. You know, you've seen him all the way from four to twenty. Um, you know, Jonathan Allen's jumped down draft tech to all the way uh, all the way down to twelve, where you know before the the shoulder injury came out, you know he was a second second third pick. I think they had him third going to the Bears for for a long time. Um, you know, John Ross really didn't go up very much on the board on draft tech. Uh, you know, you look at. Uh, Who's gone up and he deserved to go up after after the combine was Jabril Peppers. This guy can do everything, and, and I agree with it. I think he, I think he's a good fifteen to twenty pick. Uh, you know, a lot of people were like, "Oh no, he's probably going to the second round." No, I don't, not after that combine. No, not after that one. Nope, definitely not. And uh, you know. Uh, who else were we talking about today, Jeff? Uh, Chase McDa- Chase Daniels. I don't – I mean, he requested yeah. his relief from Philadelphia because he believes he's a starter in this league. And you had Go a job. Oh, he was looking at Cleveland or the Jets, you know. It, it, I just don't understand these quarterbacks. Oh, I'm a starter. Wait, you haven't been a starter yet. Alex Smith. You were his backup. You were Drew Brees' backup, and then you went to Philly, and you were Carson Wentz's backup. Where's the starting caliber at? I mean, a rookie that hasn't been in the league where you have, teach you. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. I, I just don't get it. You know who deserves I, I to be a starter and is a starter, and it's, it's frustrating because I thought he would be picked up? I thought a lot of people would have even looked at him and grabbed him by now as A.J. McCarron. I thought they would have grabbed him. Somebody yeah. somebody. And nobody is you're not hearing anything. It's just quiet on him. Yeah. yeah right and I mean and that was the reason for them to let him go was because they felt the Beagles felt that he was ready to be a starter and they felt they were holding him back, so that's why they were willing not to do anything and let him go because they still have Dalton. And like they said, we had I forgot who they took last year. They our our quarterback we drafted last year. They figure he can come in behind Dalton and take over. So let McCarron go. But nobody's even, even. I mean, I thought that guy would be gone right away, and nobody. I haven't even heard him do an interview. 
Yeah, I'm surprised Hugh Jackson. I mean, he was the offensive coordinator in Cincinnati, and he hasn't yeah. made a peep about it. And it's it's weird. I mean, I don't know. I don't really understand what Cleveland's even doing. I don't even know who the general manager is there or what. But I don't I don't even think they've done that much in free agency this year to even I haven't be heard anything about. from them. Yeah. I mean, other than that Osweiler trade and cutting RG3, I mean, what have they done? You know, I, I just don't. I don't understand yeah. it, and I don't see it. I mean, are you really – if you're going to rebuild through the draft, that's fine. I mean, I, well, I guess they did do something. They got Marcus Martin. <laughs> oh, okay. They, they took, one of, took one of ours that we really didn't care about. Okay, that's awesome. One that we cut. <laughs> I, now, I, mean, I actually thought that you might go after Kaepernick because he was so big on him last year when he was trying to come here. He was really looking at trying to get him there and all that stuff when he couldn't get here. Yeah, it's... What I I wanted to see is Kaepernick, Archer 3, and... Yeah, that ain't happening. I guess Cleveland did pick up. I just haven't paid much attention. I mean, besides Marcus Martin, they got... J.C. Treader, uh, Kevin Zeitler, Kenny Britt, James Wright, Cody Kessler, Randall Teffler. I mean, I guess they did do some. I mean, they beefed up that offensive line for sure. So, it's just. uh, Looking into that second round, Jeff, I want to know what your thoughts are on these guys. I think there's four very intriguing Middle second round picks, maybe higher second round picks. Um, number one is uh, Caleb Brantley. He's a defensive tackle from Florida. Uh, he could be a great fit. Uh, obviously, Patrick Mahomes will be the name in the second round. Uh, well, actually, Rick Mahomes has dropped to the third. Yeah, right now, the game the yeah. Um, Raquan McMillan from Ohio State, inside linebacker. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Evan Ingram, tight end Ole Miss. Not a bad tight end. I mean, uh, second round there, I mean, if look, if let's say we don't get Thomas, we get a safety or a corner. And we do mm-hmm. need that edge rusher. I mean, I almost would be leaning towards a T.J. Watt. I mean, mm-hmm. the, kid, the kid was solid in the, in the combine. I mean, it's just, I mean, T.J. Watt, to me, makes sense for the Niners. Um, I mean, since we passed up his brother for Alden. Yo, Wisconsin, Wisconsin boy. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Um, You know, another guy that we looked, he's dropped on the board, and I don't, I can't figure out why. I thought he had a good combine. That was... uh, Oh, my ki- my boy from Washington, Elijah. Oh, now I'm brain fading. Uh, he was a defensive tech. Elijah Quells. Ah, the yes. Defensive lineman from Washington. He's mm-hmm. they have him drop to the third round. I mean, he I thought he dropped- had a pretty good combine. 
You know who's dropping like a fly, and he was a first-round pick early? It was uh, Tease Tabor, the cornerback from Florida. Something oh, happened yeah. like Because now yeah, he's almost at the bottom of the second round. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, something something happened there. I, I have to do a little have to do a little uh go back check on that. Uh yeah. Um I mean I, I I love a lot of guys in the second round. Uh Malik McDowell, another defensive tackle from uh Michigan State. Uh Demarcus Walker, another edge guy from Florida State. Yeah. Um you know, uh Gerard Davis, outside linebacker from Florida. You see where I'm going with these teams, oh, yeah. yeah, you're you're headed deeper. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I mean, there, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I mean, let's say we don't get a safety in the first round. Buddha yeah. or Buddha, Buddy Baker from Washington. I mean, he could be there. You got, you've got so many options in round two to leap for. I mean, like, you know, I've told you, Brian, straight up, I've had a hard time with this year's draft class. I mean, because yes. honestly, after my, after Garrett, hmm. there is, you know, I don't think the drop-off's as much now with the, what Thomas showed at the Combine and what he starts showing up on film. But there's yeah. still a drop. And it's, I think, I haven't seen a drop like this in a long time. From a first number one pick to a a number two pick mm-hmm. that I can recall. Yep, you got that right. So, <laughs> it's it's just mm-hmm. a draw, tough class. So you know, Kyle is uh, they're saying Kyle's looking for elite effortless thrower in the draft, which we all know is Mahomes. Do you think that they're going to draft him? I think if Cousins is not in the picture, I, I think Mahomes is a, is his guy. Uh, gunslinger, um, with a little work. Like I said, two to three years. Um, Pro Bowl caliber quarterback, I think. Yeah, especially with Kyle. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't I think there's a doubt of that. I would agree with that, but I would also look in a later round, somebody that, you know, Chad Kelly, that you can get even cheaper to sit. Because he's he like you know like the guy your Brett said earlier, he's got a cannon for an arm, you know, and don't coming off an injury. So don't don't be don't be surprised at Brad Kaya either. You know, he, he if he starts dropping in that fourth to fifth round range, I, I could see it. I could see yeah. it. Yeah, I mean possibly. Yeah, I mean he could. I'm just not sold on him. I, I I mean, he could be there. I mean, I mean, if you want a guy with a solid arm that you know is possibly just a few years out of being, you know, one of the good, you know, great quarterbacks or a good quarterback for a franchise, you know, top fifteen quarterback, you know, pretty much what you, you know, you look for as a quarterback. You you can sit here and think of somebody like a. Cooper Rush from Central Michigan, or even a uh, um, Bart Houston from Wisconsin. You know yeah, they're not really. Right. They can sit there. I mean, they had decent arm strengths and stuff. So, well, here's you know, the thing. You, you, let, let's let's talk about this Miles Garrett thing. Okay, 
if Cleveland royally F's this up, <laughs> and we talked about it, if for some reason, I I don't know why they would pass on him, uh, maybe because of the things that Miles Garrett said about Cleveland, maybe, but if he drops in That'd second. That'd still be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it'd still be. I'd say whatever you want. You're coming to play for my team. Um, yeah. If he goes down second, guys, I am taking all phone calls. And I told Jeff the same thing. I would ask for three number one picks for that guy. Oh, I I, I told you, Brian, on the same thing. I would sign the guy's name to a piece of paper, have my guy standing at the stage within 10 seconds of our pick going up, and just have him hold the paper up and have the camera go to him and say, you've got four minutes and 45 seconds to make me an offer. And yep. just have him stand there with the paper in his hand until a trade offer is accepted. And if it's not accepted hey. or nobody wants to make the deal, you turn it in. Simple. Yeah. Hey, hey guys, I'm going to bring somebody in. I'm going to bring in Ryan. Ryan. How's it going, buddy? How you buddy? doing, buddy? Good. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I was just at work there. I saw Dina make a post on the site, and I thought I'd call in and see how everybody's doing. We were talking good. about you earlier, you? actually. Yeah. <laughs> Your ears must have been ringing. <laughs> They must have been. <laughs> they must have been ringing. I was telling yeah. them, um, obviously, about your post uh, <laughs> the other day, that which I, I, I thought was hilarious, and, uh, <laughs> you know, about uh, drafting all these quarterbacks and, you know. All the rumors, it, eh? The rumor mill. <laughs> yeah, it's just funny. Uh, the rumor mill. All, yeah. all these sources and all these uh, rumors about – 49ers being interested in this quarterback and that quarterback, but it sounds like we were going to have 14 of them on the roster when the training camp started, but you know, you know how that works. Now, Ryan was very, very animate, and, you know, a lot of these 49er fans, they don't like Kirk Cousins because of his age. Um, they don't think he's elite. Ryan, I want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean uh, – I don't know. He's he's under thirty. Uh, quarterbacks uh, nowadays can play into their into their late thirties, early forties. Uh, so I mean, his age certainly doesn't bother me. In his only two seasons as a starting quarterback, he took a team that hasn't been in the playoffs. I um, brought him there back to back, or back sorry, winning seasons, and brought him to back to back winning seasons. Uh, his defense was atrocious in Washington and. Josh Norman said to himself it didn't really help him out all that much. I think he played really well. In his only two years as a starter, he put up some pretty big yardage numbers, some touchdowns, uh, limited his interceptions. uh, And according to everybody from around Washington, he's a worker. He's the first guy in, the last guy out, and he's a leader. And Mike Shannon obviously believes in him and has some strong praise for, uh, for Kirk and said he's one of the hardest working guys he's ever been around as a as a quarterback and we know who he's been around. So it's uh you know, it's just I, I love Kirk Cousins. I think he's an accurate thrower. He led the league in completion percentage and uh had mm-hmm. great numbers there back to back years. Uh I think he's a he's a leader. He's fiery, uh says the right things, does the right things. I mean I I love Kirk Cousins and I think if we have a chance to you know, if, if Washington finally wakes up and does the right thing and bites the bullet, even though they don't really care for the Shanahan's, but you know they got to get something for Cousins. They can't let him walk next year for nothing. So I don't think that no. tag is over yet. I think there's a chance that we can still get him, and 
I'm hoping it's yep. done sooner than later, and I'm sure both teams want an answer before the draft starts. So I love Kirk, and I hope he's a 49er 2017. That's I'm what I was telling everybody. I, 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 oh, go uh, ahead. I'm sorry. I'm 100% in agreement with you there, Ryan. I mean, he could be a good, you know, six- to ten-year franchise quarterback for us, and so we wouldn't have to hurry, you know, through the next three draft classes and hope one of these quarterbacks hit. I mean, he's put up phenomenal numbers, and I was looking at the whole team stat last year. They were 28th-ranked defense, and they had a 26th-ranked running game. And, I mean, the Niners were a fifth-ranked running game, with a 32nd-ranked offense and a 32nd-ranked defense, but yet we had the fifth-best running game. Give Cousins a running game where he doesn't have to throw the ball 50 to 60 times. The guy's just going to blow up more because he's going to – you're going to have to keep eight in the box, seven or eight in the box for the Niners on the running game, and then hopefully that, okay, you know, hopefully they don't beat us deep. And that's exactly what Cousins would bring to the Niners. Is a threat quarterback that okay we got to stop the run but we got to watch out for the pass and you can't do both. No, absolutely. I mean, Kirk's a fearless thrower. Like he's not afraid to throw it downfield. Uh, he does a great job of spreading the ball around and and you know I think Lynch is doing a great job putting some pieces around him. And obviously Shanahan put people in certain spots and he's got a speed guy uh, now with Marquise and he's got. You know that possession guy and uh, and Pierre. So I mean, they, they're putting the pieces around them. They've got that, you know, the the fullback and uh, and and use check. So I mean, they, they're putting pieces around him. And I think, you know, when you have a guy like Kirk Cousins, more people are going to want to come play for you. And I just think he's he's done everything he's, he's been asked. And he's only been there for two years. I think people just forget like how well he's played in, in only his two years as a starter. You put his first two years against anybody. Um, and, uh, you know, he's right up there. And people talk about no playoff wins. Well, I mean, I think that argument is absolutely ridiculous. When you look at Andrew Luck, he didn't have any his first two years. Eli Manning didn't have any his first yeah. two years. Uh, you look at uh, Drew Brees didn't have any his first year. Aaron Rodgers didn't have any his first two years. Like, I mean, it's to ask, you know, to just get Romo ever, you know, to, to say that, you know, he's got, he, oh, he doesn't, have, he doesn't have a playoff win. I mean, that's just such a silly argument. Uh, it's only his first two years as a starter. And, you know, we all see what Shanahan has done to quarterbacks and, and how, uh, you know, and, and what he's done with Matt Ryan. And to bring Kirk in, you know, the 49ers fans, we've never, we've always had a quarterback controversy. You know, who's better, Cap or Smith, and who's better? You, the, the argument would be over. You know, we'll have a, a mm-hmm. pro Bowl caliber QB for the next six to eight years, and we can concentrate on everything else. And, and in this league, I mean, we've seen it. Dallas turned things around. Uh, from a three-win or four-win season to competing in the playoffs, uh, there's, there's nothing uh, to say that the 49ers with their offensive line, their run game, and uh, improved defense can't do the exact same thing with a Pro Bowl quarterback. So uh, I, I think it's a no-brainer. And, and then one last thing in regards to him is that people are saying he's not worth the first-round pick or he's not, you know, he's not worth uh, those picks. Well, so these those picks are used to acquire talent. And uh, and he's a guaranteed. He's already proven that he can do it at the next level. These other guys are risks. And, and when we're talking about quarterbacks, they take him with the second pick, or if we trade back and maybe take a quarterback, or even in the second round, those are high picks uh, that that rarely uh, meet their expectations, and it's a gamble. So you, you know, do we want to take that pick and use it on a on a Pro Bowler that we're going to have for the next six to eight years, 
or do you want to take that pick, pick a quarterback, and hope he ends up uh, his his talents translate to the next level? I think it's a no-brainer. If you can take Cousins, I think he's worth two first-round picks. Uh, but uh, I, I don't want to really discuss that. But uh, <laughs> he's great. He's great. Well, I mean, I mean that's the thing. Everyone's like, oh, he's not worth those two first-round picks. Yeah, he is. Name me the top ten quarterbacks in the NFL. There isn't. You could yeah. probably name six, maybe seven, and then it's like, okay, well, they drop off. I mean, at one time you could name you know top ten quarterbacks without a problem. These days, it, it's hard to find a quarterback that's a, a real franchise quarterback, and you just can't, there's there just isn't. There isn't. That's right. And uh, you know that 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 was my whole fight, you know, with these uh, with the Forty Nine er fans. You know, um, you know, it's it just like you know, it's just like any kind of business. You know, for example, you even take baseball. You know, prospects—they're just prospects. That's all they are. They could, they could, you know. And Ryan, how many times have we picked first-round talents that turned into nothing? Exactly. Okay. And you know, Brian. Uh, I mean, people talk. Yeah, exactly. And people talk about potential, and and that's all that that's all that first-round picks are, and and draft picks are their potential. Well, potential means you haven't done shit yet. Right, uh, and we got Kirk Cousins, who's already proven he can do it. So I mean, it's, to me, it's a no-brainer. But trying to speak to our fans, it's uh, it's kind of challenging at times to to try to get that across. But uh, but, but but you had but you hit it right on the head. Yeah, no, it, absolutely. It's so true. I mean, I'm right there with you. I gladly give up this year's first-round pick for Cousins. I mean. It, it, it's a no-brainer to me. I mean, you you got a franchise quarterback there. Who else in this league has thrown for nine thousand yards in two seasons? I mean, <laughs> that 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 is crazy, and it just goes to show that the Shanahan's knew what they were talking about when they came out and said, "We rather have had Kirk Cousins than Rod than RG three. Well, RG three right now is not with the team. He's hardly played, and Kirk Cousins is a Pro Bowler." That just shows the Shanahan's the talent that they have on scouting players. I mean, it's ridiculous for anybody to think, oh, this guy can't do this or he's not worth that. I'm sorry. I've been one one in Kyle Shanahan before Jim Harbaugh. Just because I know what he's based off and what he has done. And I just, it, to me, it's a no-brainer. Gladly give it up. Yep. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, well, I think we. What do you think, think of uh, Brian? <laughs> what do you, What do you guys think of the pickup so far? I mean, uh, I think most fans are pretty I, excited about the job that Lynch and Andrew so far with their pickups. But I mean, it's like every yeah, exactly right. It's like every time you turn around, it's like really they they got this guy, really they got that guy, and we're not spending a lot of money on these guys. So, I mean, you look no. at the jobs they're doing. You know, to use a a Harbaughism, it's all like it's it's a plus plus man. It's, it's, uh, yeah. it's, all, it's all good stuff. Well, that, that's like, oh, yeah. you know, the wide receivers. Everyone's like, oh, they should have picked a better wide receiver. You looked at the wide receivers. Besides for, obviously, um, uh, prior, all the rest of the, the free agents had issues. You know, you looked at, at the Josh Gordons. You looked at Jeffries, who had just come up, the Pettit incident. I mean, you, you had all these guys, you know, Deshaun Jackson. Did you want to take him in the locker room? You know, obviously issues are there. Um, and you said Garcon was the guy. He was the cleanest guy. He probably had the best, you know, the best uh, route running. 
Um, it was a no-brainer, I thought. And yeah, you know, I, I, I loved I, it. Yeah, you know, I, I look back because I, I was I wanted to. People kept talking about Cousins' game against the Giants and how and how he didn't step up. And so I went back and I watched that game, an NFL game pass. And the guy that stuck out, I mean, Cousins didn't play bad, by the way, but uh, the guy who stuck out in that game was Garcon. And that guy, it didn't matter if you if you threw him a screen, uh, he took that one screen in the fourth quarter and and uh, put his team in position. And uh, it didn't matter what kind of pass you threw him, he caught everything in sight. Uh, he made all the blocks. Uh, he stuck out. And right after that, I watched that game. I read it on Facebook, and I said, after watching that game, there's one guy we need to get. It's Pierre Garçon. And sure enough, uh, we ended up picking him up. But he's a beast. And he reminds me of a younger Anquan Bolden. Uh, he does everything well. He's exactly. Like, he, he, he catches everything. He's a little bit quicker. He's a little bit faster uh, because he is younger. But he's got Bolden written all over him. And I just uh, I love watching him play in that game. I mean, just just those. I mean, the Niners have signed twelve people, including today, and still have eighty million in cap space. That is phenomenal work. And the roster, yeah. like I said in the show earlier, has nothing but done a big improvement from what we've had the last two years. I, I just think it's phenomenal work. I yeah, I agree. You know, I I want to ask you something, Ryan. You know, uh, it's hard to say it was two and fourteen in season, but Joshua Garnett, how, how did you think he played at the end of the season? Yeah, you know, I, I think when it comes to young offensive linemen, Brian, I think we we saw that the previous year with the young linemen Tiller and Brown is that fans want to get our young uh, offensive linemen; they want to see him play right away. Uh, there's a huge adjustment, uh, body wise, strength wise, footwork wise system-wise, to get these young offensive linemen to where they need to be. So it takes them a half season to maybe three-quarters of their first season to even be ready to get on the field and produce. And when you look at Garnett, he was a little bit behind the ball because of college and didn't get to get in right away. Uh, it takes these guys some time. So I actually thought, you know, uh, he played well. Uh, there were some times where, you know, he had some holding penalties. He, he, his body wasn't in the right spot, which caused him to have to hold. And so that's, that always sticks out when a lineman's getting holding penalties because obviously it's the only time their name gets mentioned. But I really think he played well. And I think once he gets his body right and he's got this whole offseason to do so and he understands what it takes to be an NFL player, um, I think he's going to be uh, really good. And uh, You go from college where you're the strongest guy on the field to the NFL where you're playing against men and you're no longer playing against boys. Uh, these guys are bigger, faster, stronger. Uh, so it takes some time to get their body right. And I think Garnett's going to be a solid player. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, right. Thanks so much for joining us. It was a surprise. Thank you. Thanks for yeah, calling in. I just, uh, yeah, I just thought I'd pop in and say hi. And I love the show. And you guys always do a great job. So I just wanted to chime in and Absolutely. see what you guys are talking about. So. <laughs> Thanks Absolutely for having me. Right. We'll, uh, All right. Yeah, we'll talk to Dude. you guys. Take care. Take care, friend. All right. Talk hey, to you. Bye. It was Mr. Ryan. Awesome. Awesome to have him him on again. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. And uh, so, Jeff, uh, do we have anything lined up this week? Anything else going on you like to talk about? No. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Mm. Oh, I'm here. Oh, there you are. Mm. Yeah. 
I just can't wait for Shanahan and Lynch to see what more they have, what they have coming. I mean, it's going to be very interesting and very, uh, very fun to watch. So, yeah. And then I just no. got. It's going to be a great. I think it's going to be a great off season, and it's going to be. I wouldn't say a fantastic year, but I'm looking forward to the season as one uh, for it to get started. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. So, you know, I, I do want to promote our other shows. Um, Niners Radio is doing great. Um, I, I appreciate everyone listening to the show. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I do want to tell everybody that um, we do have other shows on our radio show here. Uh, Walking Dead, Talking uh, Talkers, and obviously that's about The Walking Dead. Um, that's on Mondays at uh, 7 p.m. Pacific time. And then you have Full Spectrum Sports with Cat Lone England. That's an all-sports show. That comes on 7 p.m. on Tuesdays. And obviously Wednesdays is Niners Radio. And Thursdays is Watch So Serious on MMA and uh, that's at 7 p.m. Pacific time as well. So, uh, got full show. Uh, it's been fun. It's been real fun. Another great week. Uh, loved, 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 uh, you know, talking, talking with Draft Tech. Uh, Brett was great to have on. We are definitely going to have him back. Definitely going to have him back. Um, Dina, you got any... Uh, any shouts out or anything before you like to before we sign off? No, that's not really a lot going around. I don't have any. Yeah, it's hard in the off season. It's hard to do that. Yeah, it's um, quiet right now. Yeah. I mean, we can give a shout yeah. out to the you know to Jamie and Dennis and yeah, Derek absolutely. and Eric, Eric Davis, all the guys that come on and they're so good about it. When I ask them, hey guys, willing to come on? And Tony yeah. Parrish, you know Tony Parrish actually he's in Hong Kong right now doing a TV show, filming for a TV show. Yeah, so we're gonna check that I'm out. I'm waiting for him to get back. Yeah, when he gets back, he's gonna come back to the show and tell us a little bit about that trip. He's been all over. He's in Japan for a little while and now Hong Kong. So that'll be kind of fun. Crazy, crazy. That guy yeah. still looks like he can play. I don't care what he says. <laughs> He still looks like he's being he? sued up. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's mean, too. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa. My lordy. Mm-hmm. Jeez. And then we got mm-hmm. Bubba, Bubba Parrot. Bubba Parrot. We're going to get I him still, on. I'm still getting him. He, I, I, I talked to him, and he he, he thumbs up me. And I'm like, one of these days, I'm going to get him to come on the show. I'm just keep at him. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Him. Absolutely. We got to get him on. Absolutely. So, um, well, with that being said, uh, this is Brian, your host from Nine News Radio. And we have the beautiful Dina. And uh, Jeff. And uh, we'll be back. And... Uh, I appreciate everyone listening to Niners Radio. 
And remember, you can always re-listen to it on iTunes. And that is another Dock of the Bay Sports. And you will find all the rest of our shows. Or you can go to www.ninersradio.com. And you can re-listen to it anytime you want. Usually it takes an hour after we go live, but um, you can listen to it anytime you would like. And uh, I appreciate all the Niner fans for listening. And uh, you never know what the next move is going to be. You never know. (laughs) So with that being said, uh, we will see you guys next time here on Niners Radio on Dock of the Bay Sports.
Twisting the night away 
Third and four. Looks into the nickel of San Francisco in the secondary. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare-chested. Somebody stop Look that out. man. Here comes the blue coat. Oh, Kevin. they got him. Here comes They're coming the blue from the coat. Left. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. Oh, that was the most exciting thing to happen tonight. I tell you what, that was a great call on your part. <laughs> that was a great call. All right, I'm ready for the last 11:31 now, Kevin. Let's go. Look at the police. They've surrounded this man like he is, <laughs> like he, like he's just robbed a bank. I tell you what, he got a whole lap in he did, before yeah. they got him. I mean, that was that was pretty good. I expected him to go down much sooner. Yeah. But uh, I hope it was worth it, my friend, because you've got a night in the clink coming up. <laughs> it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Pain is temporary. It may last for a minute. For an hour, or a day, or even a year. But eventually, it will subside, and something else will take its place. If I quit, however, it will last forever. The margin for error is so small. I mean, one half a step too late or too early, and you don't quite make it. One half second too slow, too fast, you don't quite catch it. The inches we need are everywhere around us. They're in every break of the game, every minute, every second. You got a dream, you got to protect it. People can't do something themselves. They want to tell you you can't do it. You want something, go get it. Here. afraid to fail. You can't always win, but don't be afraid of making decisions. You have to believe that something different can happen. He who says he can and he who says he can't are both usually right. That most of you say you want to be successful, but you don't want it bad. You just kind of want it. You don't want it badder than you want to party. You don't want it as much as you want to be cool. You, most of you don't want success as much as you want to sleep. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Dig deep down, dig deep down, ask yourselves, who do you want to be? Figuring out for yourselves what makes you happy no matter how crazy it may sound to the people. Make a choice, right? You just decide what it's going to be, who you're going to be, how you're going to do it. Just decide. Beautiful. Sitting in the morning sun, 
I'll be sitting when the evening comes Watching the ships roll in Then I watch them roll away again Sitting on the dock of the bay Watching the tide roll away Thank you Sitting on the dock of the bay Wasting time Hey, hey, thanks now. I left my home in Georgia, headed for that Frisco Bay. I had nothing to live for. Look like nothing gonna come on way. Oh, I'm just a sitting on the dock of the bay, watching the tide. to date, but a year to make love, she wanted you to wait. Let me tell you a story of my situation. I was talking to this girl from the U.S. nation. The way that I met her was on tour at a concert. She had long hair and a short miniskirt. I just got on stage dripping, pouring with sweat. I was walking through the crowd, and guess who I met? 
I whispered in the air, come to the picture booth so I can ask you some questions to see if you're 100 proof. I asked her her name, she said blah, blah, blah. She had nine, ten pants and a very big bra. I took a couple of flicks since she was enthused. I said, how do you like the show? She said I was very amused. I started throwing bass, she started throwing back mid-range. But when I sprung the question, she acted kind of strange. Then when I asked, do you have a man, she tried to pretend. She said, no, I don't. I only have a friend. Message that I sent 